Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! Gee! He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Erling Haaland, machine, animal or monster? A deep dive into the gleeful goal commentary subgenre of and how? What's the maximum range you can give the goalkeeper of the eyes from? Just how many minutes are in a matter of minutes? A tiny but crucial corruption of the classic hairdryer treatment? A topsy-turvy for my sins corner clash? The San Marino versus Seychelles saga takes another twist? And Keys and Grey versus the USA? Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 192 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for the adjudication panel, first of all, is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Very well. How are you? Really good. Big question for you. Um, Did you watch the Queen's funeral on the BBC or ITV? You know, funnily enough, my TV, when I turned it on, was on Sky and it seemed to be on that somehow. I can't think I was on Sky News. I didn't actually check what channel I'd left on. Maybe I'd left it on Sky Sports News. It was on it was... all the Sky channels, I can tell right, you. It was on okay, Sky Sports yeah. F1, so you could have watched it there. Uh, and I did think, this this is so weird, but obviously I straight away changed to BBC. Mm. Uh, top tips were going around. Uh, you could watch it on the BBC Red Button, and you got the feed direct from the Abbey in St George's Windsor with no commentary <laughs> for <laughs> people that just couldn't handle a bit of Hugh Edwards. Alongside you for the adjudication panel is David Walker. How's it going for you? Very well. I watch it on ITV. TV. No. Because. No adverts, I guess. <laughs> well, there weren't any adverts, no. Um, and there was no Adrian Childs or anyone. Oh. But um, for very boring reasons, but my BBC One signal is pretty bad at the moment. So ITV were there, reliable. That is, that is a boring reason. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Uh, I don't want to keep this saga going on any longer than it really needs to, but 
One final entry from me. Uh, Sam Steele writes in, he says, I think I found the most ridiculous cometh the man commentary. Uh, this is from Martin Tyler for um, Kevin Ball scoring for Sunderland in 1996-97. Award goes towards the near post. It's just over him. Ball! What a goal! Cometh the hour in the game. Cometh Kevin Ball the man. Really nicely explained by Tyler there. Just absolutely leaving nothing to the imagination in terms of the uh, the old proverbial way of yeah. doing things. Though he has he's he has proved our point because the fact that he had to add the in the game, he's saying that ordinarily <laughs> it wouldn't be that, but I'm specifying that it's also the hour mark around the game. Presuming it is, that seems to be what he's suggesting. Yeah. Cometh the hour, cometh Kevin Ball the man. <laughs> As a bit of a connoisseur on this, that sounds suspiciously like a not live commentary. Oh, you think? I'm a little sceptical about that. Mm. Okay. It seemed live-ish to me. No, I think that uh, was a live, I think. You reckon? Right, anyway, um, let's get on to the proper adjudication panel for matters that are not yet closed. Um, Colin Miller writes in Charlie and says, Every time Erling Haaland scores a goal, he is described as either a machine, an animal or a monster. Three entirely different descriptions that are all equal in the world of football parlance. Are they equal? I mean, are yeah. there any subtle di- differences in, in Harlan's context? Are there any I, differences? I saw this. I thought it was a really interesting one, just on generally that theme of, you know, the language of goal scoring. So animal, monster and machine. Mm. I think there are differences because the monster element, that yeah, there has to be a physicalness to that, which, which obviously Harland more than ticks that box. Animal, I don't think that's so related to goal scoring. Like, I think if you describe someone, he's an absolute animal. I Diego think Costa can... was an animal, right? He was, but it's I don't an, think it's... It's an attitude thing. As much. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's... Exclu- I think a centre-back, I think you'd happily say, like, he's an, a- he's an absolute animal. Mm. Um, I don't think it has to be a striker. You could probably also say that of a monster defensively, but more likely striker. And then goal machine, yes. Yeah, and I'm also, I mean, with goal, what's the high right goal machine or just can't stop scoring? <laughs> what sort of, what trumps what there? I'm not well, sure. I think on the machine point, Dave, uh, this machine, usage of machine is separate from goal machine. Goal machine is simply about output. It's simply about numbers. Uh, using simply the word machine in Harlan's case is about a dead-eyed finisher. It's, it's mm. about the, the manner in which he scores his goals rather than the volume. Is that fair? Like an automatic, mm. non-stop, always on quality but without the diff and you know that's it's an interesting contrast to animal or monster because the machine is is a sort of cold mechanical yeah thing but he but he sort of does i, I think it does have a bit of all of those in them i suppose i think machine is also about physical stature as well i think you wouldn't call a small player a machine just because they were scoring lots of ice cool finishes you've never called a small player a machine i think you had to be fairly sizable to be a machine well what well would any would anyone have ever called uh, sergio aguero a goal no, scoring machine uh, well I, you certainly would, I, I guess a goal would call him a machine, machine in isolation no yeah. way yeah no way not a but, but i do think as well that there, there has to be a sort of national stereotype thing here i think germans scandinavians central europeans are more likely to be called machine because they tend to be thought of in that more mechanical kind of way. So I'm, th- you know, like someone like Gerd Müller, who feels like the sort of prototypical German goal efficient goal, yeah, yeah goal machine. Mm. But I don't this know if he would also have been a machine. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, too much of a poacher. 
Although Jonathan Wilson got very angry that we called Gerd Muller a poacher on his Mesa Holland dick, so let's not do that again. Similarly, Dave, Robert Dugmore writes in and says, what was slash is the threshold for running out of superlatives re-Harland? Mm. Have we run out of superlatives re-Harland? I think there's a few superlatives left. I mean, you need to be you need to be drawing superlatives for a good decade before superlatives start running out, I think. We could do with a definitive list of all the superlatives used for him so far, actually. <laughs> That's true. If any true. listeners want to... Uh... I've got a few free days coming up. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the spreadsheet, is yeah. that who you're saying? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but Charlie, I, I don't think we're into kind of superlative fatigue yet with Haaland. There's an element of it. I mean, that you can see the chat starting to run out a little bit because his goal-scoring run of form is so absurd and it will presumably plateau at some point. But I don't think we're quite running out just yet. No, but I think it doesn't have to be over sus- such a sustained period because okay. I think it's sometimes used to as a shorthand for... He is in unbelievable form mm. right now. But like, I, like I first heard that from Tyler would have been years and years ago, and he would you know, after get well. You run out of superlatives as they scored, you know, for the tenth game running or something like that. Okay, so there's short term superlatives, and then there's long term kind of career wide superlatives. Yeah, yeah I think bigger so. Bigger picture I th- stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think if you were in a post match analysis and earnestly saying. We're running out of superlatives for this guy. Yeah. That's more long term. I think in the moment of a goal. What more can, can you say? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think in the moment you can do that in a short term way. I think, however, that when somebody utters the words, "You're we're running out of superlatives here." Depending on who it is, particularly if it's a co-commentator, they will probably in the next breath use a superlative. <laughs> That's mm. true. Yeah, it's almost like we shouldn't take it too literally. Um, how about this, though, Charlie? Craig Spencer says, Martin Tyler described Neil Mope on Sunday as a fox, open brackets, in the box, a pest and tigerish. Are there any other animalistic comparisons <laughs> for strikers that yeah, he was missing? I quite like that combo. It's like yeah. Brave Star, isn't it? All the little things put together. <laughs> that, a fox, yeah. a pest and a tiger. Great. That is really good. Striker animal. Well, I mean, the predator, more jet, more widely. Yeah. Um... Obviously, that's a sort of more of a more of a, a echelon of the food chain rather yeah. than a species. <laughs> yeah, but still good. Uh, Other animals that suit goal. But scores. I think that's good because foxes and pests are quite. You know, the, the foxes, foxes are, are pests. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. That, that that links quite well. Obviously, mm. then tiger. That's do, that's to do with his work off the ball, though, isn't it? You can't be a, a tiger. A striker doesn't contribute in an attacking sense, do they, Dave? Mm, but our tigers, do they work hard. That's an interesting one. Actually. Usually lying down in the zoo when you go to. <laughs> Just lazing about. Just trying to get their team the lion's share of possession, that's all. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm tigerish. I, uh, yeah, I feel it's a different thing. And, and you're right, David. It's weird that that's become... Because, like, tigerish... Like, tigers are such beautiful... Sleek. Elite, sleek animals. Whereas tigerish... Tigerish is... Correctly yeah. yeah. Well, they are, because they don't... Tiger, tigerish... You're defined by your work rate. And yeah, tigers are absolutely... But when a tiger gets something, they're not letting it go. So maybe they're sort of tight. But then that's not the point. Tigerish is about getting the ball back. Not having the ball and keeping it. Different. (laughs) What about uh, waspish? Oh, I like waspish. You have to be a certain... A certain height limit for waspish because mm, mm. uh, then you become wispy. Yeah. So waspish to wispy. Um, yeah, what? who's waspish? Paul Dickoff. Craig Bellamy Paul was Dickoff. waspish. Exactly. Paul, yeah, Dickoff Paul Dickoff was waspish. Yeah. Waspish is great. What a great word. Excellent. Very good indeed. Right. This particular mini phenomenon was alerted to me by listener Sam, who says there really is only one way for a commentator to describe a successfully retaken penalty. No mistake this time. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, I would allow Charlie a slight variant on this, and perhaps this is for strikers who've missed a penalty earlier in the game, but then sort of say make amends. And this time he makes no mistake, yeah. which I think is a little bit more context to it. I remember, and this doesn't, it's not actually quite right, but again, I remember Tyler saying of a retaken penalty years ago, and this time it counts, <laughs> which isn't quite right because yeah. that implies it's been disallowed. Yeah. But um, that was one of my first exposures, I think, to a retaken penalty. But yes, so, you're right, it's such a prescribed uh, language. And no mistake this time, it's so spot on. That, of course, was Yuri Tielemans scoring his penalty against Spurs. But little did he know how that game was going to unfold later on. Um, the headline really was Son Heung Min breaking his duck for the season in quite some fashion. And this really <laughs> did open a lovely commentary can of worms, a lovely subgenre of goal-scoring commentary. Last season's Golden Boot winner who couldn't buy a goal in the first eight games of this season ends his drought and how? <laughs> I bet, Charlie, I bet commentators bloody love an and how <laughs> because there's no, there's no insight. There is essentially no insight a, a, apart from a, a subtle implication that it was done in a spectacular way. Other than that, it must just be really satisfying way to end a real tail end for the commentary. It is. Like, as as he was saying it, I wanted to join in with him. It's almost like a, a chorus number. But yeah, D- Dave, a very satisfying thing to both hear and presumably utter. Yeah, it, relatively rare circumstances. Does it feel quite old-fashioned to you? Or is it uh, timeless? No, I don't think it's old-fashioned. I just don't... I just think it's something that you reserve for an occasion such as that. Well, there's also... Within that, there's the variants you can use. So he there went with... Um, he couldn't buy a goal. Mm. The match of the day commentary was he couldn't hit a barn door. Yeah, I might get on to barn door later, actually. Couldn't, Interesting. But couldn't hit a barn door was, is, is more of he just every shot is just miles wide or scuffing it or whatever. Mm. Whereas couldn't buy a goal is more unlucky. You, you try, yeah, you yeah, save, yeah, right. keeps us yeah. saving it or you're hitting the post of the bar and it's just a bit unfortunate, I think. Right, yeah, I think it was more he couldn't buy a goal, actually. Mm. Well, let's do barn door then because um, Emma Hayes, <laughs> after um, Chelsea's uh, shock defeat to newly promoted Liverpool in the WSL, the weekend, bemoaned the fact that her team couldn't hit a barn door. And it made me think, where does this come from? Where does barn door, presumably farmers leagues, obviously, but um, <laughs> but am I right in thinking, I need some an sanity check from both of you here, I'm not claiming this is necessarily the case, just to be clear, Does it? Is the full version of barn door, he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo? No, 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 I think you're getting that wrong. You couldn't hit a cow's backside with a banjo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think okay, is fine. the banjo. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Well, I remember so vividly on World Cup 98, the computer game, Mm. that expression being used. He couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. Well, I think it's because he's probably more sanitised, right? You couldn't say cow's arse. Oh, maybe. But I was also. Obviously, the alliteration helps. I was really confused. I mean, I still kind of am. It doesn't make a load of sense. Like, I mean, yeah, God knows where that phrase came from. But if you. I mean, maybe like, you know, farming types might have a banjo. And being next to cows, but like I completely forgot about cows' ass side it, of things. It, it does sort say. of work. I mean, it's even more of a statement if you're t- if you're saying you can't hit a barn door with a banjo. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean that would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So apparently, but why would you even bother? Apparently, it's a variation on the classic phrase: "Couldn't hit a barn door from ten paces." Like what? With like a gun or something? I yeah. suppose. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but. <laughs> Anyway, back to the original talking point of and how. I, I, I thought, Charlie, we might be able to attribute it to a particular commentator. It might be a particular commentator's thing. I don't think it is. Scoured the internet and here is the full montage of immediately available instances of and how. <laughs> He's gone for it! And how! Both blood to Newcastle. And how? Van is back. 
Alan Parry, definitely with the best and how there, Dave. Yeah. It does sound weird, though, when you hear them all strung together there. It is actually a bit of an odd... <laughs> it is a bit of a weird bizarre. thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've established it as a phenomenon. We think it's quite satisfying. We appear, it appears to have no chronological anchor. There's no commentator we can particularly pin it to, Charlie. But under what circumstances do you think it is best deployed? Wow, that's a big question. I mean, I'm in awe, first of all, of you finding those. Uh, it wasn't just me. I have to say, a couple of our listeners got in touch. You and our listeners. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, yeah, there's the ending a drought. There's the, he scored his first goal for the club, and how, which obviously would, that would tend to, you'd, you'd imagine there'd have been a, a drought or a mini drought that led up to that as well. Yeah, so I, you know, I think droughts are the first one. Yeah. And then returning players, and then maybe sort of debutants. But, or, but it could even hmm. be, I think in some of those examples, isn't it, like he's had a go from range... Mm. and how which isn't I don't think that's as pure a usage but I think if the strike is good enough and emphatic enough I like it I like it as an in the moment situation Dave I think it's fine to use it for methodology of goal scoring as well as context well most of the goals in the clip we just played were long range efforts yeah. I think I think Collymore there was one from Stan Collymore which was probably a might well have been a spectacular goal but was, was that prob- not the bicycle kick yeah, yeah. But also but I think one, yeah. with him it was probably like a return you know he's yeah it was his yeah, first goal for, it's on his Bradford's yeah. debut I think yeah. Yeah. so that's 50% context 50% mm. what an amazing goal which I think is probably the healthiest recipe of all mm. for an <laughs> and how but yeah I mean two words there Charlie but so so loaded so great it, yeah it, I mean you could it must be a lovely feat. It's like if, it's like the commentary equivalent, like smacking a ball into an open net almost. Mm. Or even after a goal's already gone in and you have the goal at your mercy, you just boot it as hard as you can. Ow. I feel like it should be in a playground Ow. staple. Ow. I don't know, it does feel a bit old-fashioned. Anyway, on the Son Heung-min theme, Dave, Smithy writes in says, are we saying that Conor McNamara has spectacularly mixed up his vehicular cliches here? You know the expression about London buses. You you wait for one and then three come along all at once. So immediately you're you're you know you're away like a train. <laughs> <laughs> this, this feels like this feels almost. I don't. I'm, I'm not saying it's a tap in for us, Dave, but it, it feels almost like Coleman balls for us. It, <laughs> it, this feels like yeah. it would appear in Private Eye or something. Yeah. And, and there's nothing else to say. But I do like it. Yeah, you can't have three trains at once. But <laughs> no. What I love about it. A few people sent me this because it is in that genre we've talked about before, which I think of Jeff Shreves as the master of kind of using an idiom with a foreign player. And then, so I think what happens is he uses it. Son looks a bit baffled. <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll help him out here, but still keep it vaguely vehicular and <laughs> metaphorical. <laughs> I'll meet you in the middle, Son. <laughs> it's such an easy trap to fall into, though. I mean, um, using vernacular for uh, people who's first language is in English it must be an easy trap to fall into Dave it, it was there to reach out and he took it and, and the thing is I suppose once you've started if you if you find yourself falling into that trap and you and you you reach for a some sort of colloquialism or something and you have to sort of commit you can't really you just have to go with it and see oh are they going to get it well I mean to, to an extent that particular English cliche kind of explains itself in the process doesn't it Charlie so it's probably a fairly mm, yeah riskless one to use yeah although it did feel like it isn't it wasn't fully landing hence the slight uh, <laughs> it must be horrible away. to get the blank face yeah. but uh, but there you go but yeah in the heat of the moment I think he turned it round right um, over to um, Arsenal's convincing defeat of Brentford Ash writes in Dave says what do we think about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's post-match claim that Fabio Vieira gave Brentford's keeper David Rea the eyes 
from 30 yards out before thundering in Arsenal's third? How far out before the eyes become negligible and the keeper just goes where the ball does? Can you even look into someone's eyes from 30 yards? I think you can. I think you can disguise a shot in such a way to be described as giving the goalkeeper the eyes from long range. Yeah, because the the eyes actually isn't all about the eyes. <laughs> Because it's the body shape as well. It's, it's your disguise. Hot, it's, it's the disguise. Exactly. It's not. You're not staring into each other's eyes from thirty from thirty <laughs> yards. So even if you're not close enough, Charlie, to see the whites of the goalkeeper's eyes, you can still <laughs> give him the eyes. Exactly. Excellent. And I think actually in the moment, um, whoever was presenting did slightly call him up on this. But I was on Hasselbank's side because I think it, it, it is a, it's a state of mind as much as anything. It's not literally... Because even if you're close... Like from a penalty, giving the keeper the eyes would not be easy. You'd have to really telegraph one way. You don't have to make your pupils massive and sort of be staring in one direction. So I think you know exactly what he means, even if it's not entirely literal. I think if you take the range out of the equation, Dave, I think giving the goalkeeper the eyes... Is a very there's a very consistent theme, which is basically giving the goalkeeper the impression that you're going to side foot it away from your stronger foot and then actually just whipping it the other way or or, or just chucking yeah. it the other way. That's opening your, the, yeah, you yeah. go you shape to open your body up and hit it <clears throat> yeah. across Thierry Henry it across the goalkeeper exactly, and you whip it into the near post. Who who do you associate that with? Because I've got a very I think of someone almost bringing that to the Premier League, and it was at a time when a lot of people to use the football verbs were Henrying it. And he's and this guy very cleverly Fernando Torres. No, he did do it, but it was a little bit before Mm. in my mind. Um, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, yeah. He was really good at that. Mm. Can picture the finish and then just whipping it sort of uh, back across himself. Kane does it really well as well. Mm. You know, if we're being sincerely and earnestly technical here, I think it's a really clever thing to do. It is super opening your body, and then it's an easy disguise to get back out of because you're basically already set to do it the other thing. And keepers kind of expect, it's just in keeper's muscle memory to expect a striker to side foot into the far corner. I think it's a great, efficient, mm. stylish finish and should be encouraged because goalkeepers are only going to look stupid if they if they try and second guess it, right? Exactly. exactly. But I think it is rare to see it as from as long away mm. as, uh, as yeah, Pierre did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we should be careful about the range. <laughs> Could you give the goalkeeper the eyes from the halfway line, Dave? I was just thinking <laughs> that, yeah. Shabby Alonso giving the keeper the eyes. <laughs> what, what's he think I'm <laughs> Making do? him fall over. Mm, yeah, agreed. Uh, but we don't stop with this goal, Charlie. Some very serious offences have taken mm. place. Matty Simpkin uh, was one of many to question some net-related phraseology. After this ball strikes the post, I think he may think it's hitting the post and come out. Look, it's standing, it doesn't move, and then he realises the net has bristled, and he goes <laughs> to take the acclaim of the Arsenal fans, but that is a stunner. Can a net bristle? Uh, I loved the idea of a net bristling, and I was imagining like the Dell nets getting really annoyed with everyone taking the piss out of them being shit, and actually bristling a bit at that <laughs> Or the Wembley nets bristling at the accusation that they're too big and billowy. And yeah. you're like... Fuck's sake, you go on about this every week. Just, just like leave me alone. Mm. Like what would make a net slightly pissed off and actually bristle? Um, for what seems like the hundredth time, Dave, I want to emphasize that we're, we're not just pouncing on someone misspeaking here. I would like to try and reverse engineer what's happened here. For some reason, he's got to bristle. And I have to assume it's, it's via Nestle, Ripple and... Russell. Russell, Russell, which I think we have discussed before, and mm. it actually turns out it was actually okay in a different way than we thought. So those three together, and you end up with bristle, and <laughs> I have to say, and, it works. Um, bulge 
as well. Yeah, like, that's, that's the beat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah it, it's just such a funny word, like just because of what that word actually means. <laughs> Love the idea of a net being a <laughs> bit annoying. Again, it has an onomatopoeic kind of appeal to it. Bristle, net bristled. It almost fits perfectly with the chip that goes over the goalkeeper's head and just sort of slides down the net. That should be a bristling. Mm. Bristle the net, <laughs> and that because it would kind of annoy the net. You know, it has to do it properly. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite annoying. <laughs> that should be bristling. Going to do on. it, do it properly. If you're going to hit me, don't just sort of gently stroke me <laughs> absolutely right yes indeed um dave jones writes in next and he noticed that when st mirren doubled their lead against celtic on the hour mark i should add one update from one website put it as here's how the buddies put the boys even more to the sword <laughs> dave what? can you dave can you be put even more to the sword uh no I don't... it's an all, all or nothing for you is it yeah, I think once a sword has gone in, no ma- no, you, no amount of further swording really makes much difference. I suppose it could be twisting the knife, Charlie. Yes, or rubbing salt into the wounds inflicted by the sword, specifically by the sword. Yeah, that's true. Could you could you add another sword? <laughs> Put <laughs> that's them, a different sword. So, Put them yeah. to more swords. Yeah, unless you're using them... sword as an abstract situation here. I don't know the the sword swording. I Put don't them know. to a second sword. Yeah, but I don't. I don't like even more to the sword. I don't want to see it ever again to say another random thought popped into my head this weekend dave live broadcasters tend to indulge us in the moment of pre-kickoff the players kneeling and we, we get to see it and, and the game is ready to go that kind of that that moment of tension before the match begins and i just realized unlike sunday league i never see the referee checking if the goalkeepers are still ready like with mm. the with the raised hand saying ready and then waiting for the do response that... twice do you think they do it i don't think they do i you you can't Imagine it, can you? I, I, I don't. I was at Watford Sunderland on Saturday, and I don't, I don't remember Daniel Backman putting his hand up to the ref. I'm or, sure that doesn't happen. Well, I was sure too, Charlie. So I sent an urgent DM to the only referee who follows me on Twitter, Chris Foy. Yeah, nice. I said, hi, Chris. Do Premier League referees still check if both goalkeepers <laughs> are ready before kickoff? Just realised I've never seen this happen, even though it's a Sunday League commandment. He replied, quite businesslike. All referees do, Adam. That's there it. you go. We'll have to watch out for it next time. Really? I think he's talking out of his ass. I, I think he's lying. <laughs> I have to say. I mean, if it is, then it must be one of those, like, Darren Brown things where you talk, like your attention's elsewhere. It's, it's a cursory look, it. isn't it? Because goalkeepers would not be ready, right? They wouldn't not be ready, surely. What, professional keepers? Well, that, yeah. I, I was I went in goal Sunday League this weekend. Uh, and that was all, I was actually quite a sort of, what a big moment then, actually, when when the referee asked me it's if I was ready. Right. Yeah. Because you're waiting for it. You're waiting yeah, for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to ask me in a second. Yep. That's going to be great. Yep. yep. Um, but then I, I was thinking, why just the goalkeepers? <laughs> why, why not? Right backs. Yeah. Centre backs. Right backs, just as important. They're, they're going to be the guys who get the ball first. For exactly, start, yeah. From the yeah. standard kickoff. I've got about that... two minutes still to compose myself before I'm <laughs> yeah. getting the ball. Because that proceeds as well when, because obviously now you can shoot straight from centre, which you couldn't do before. Is it related to that in a like, you can't start a game and just shoot from centre with a keeper who's not ready. That must be in the spirit of it. That must it, be the reason for it. Is it the gloves? Because, the, you know, you're making sure that, that you've got your gloves on. That's often, yeah. the, you know, that's the sort of last thing. Yeah. And Some, your hat. Do you need a hat? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Don't know. 
Honestly, no idea. Ask Chris. I, I, I couldn't follow it up. I felt bad. For, I didn't want to. I didn't want to look like I was doubting his right. wisdom by following up, saying, "Actually, just yeah. to be clear, sure. yeah. like, do you actually right. sort of wave at the goalkeepers and say, are you ready?'" And I didn't want to. Yeah, so I you felt said, like I was annoying him already. So, so. you just wait. You just waited to your to your podcast to very publicly <laughs> yeah. doubt him instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just to check if he listens. We'll get him on for an MHD if he does re- reply. Speaking of being ready, seven weeks out from football cliches live, which is hitting. London, Manchester and Dublin in November. If you want a ticket for that and they are going, go to myticket.co.uk and we'll be right there. Or just Google Football Clichés live. Um, Seven weeks feels like a long time, Dave, but it's going to go quickly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Next then, Samuel Margot writes in, one for you, Football Clichés, what's the longest period of time that can be described as a matter of minutes? Now, Charlie, while you let that thought percolate in your head, um, here's the case study. Mario Hermoso was sent off Atletico Madrid against Real Madrid after having been on the pitch for 20 minutes. Sam Matterface described it as being... He'd only been on the pitch for a matter of minutes. Is 20 minutes too long for a start? I think it is. <laughs> when you said it, that, that <laughs> jarred. Yeah, I think that is too long. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fine. Okay, that's that's your first thought. Dave, would you concur that 20 is too long? Yeah. Okay. I think it is. Mm. I think, uh, for me, single figures. Okay, interesting mm. ballpark. Because I was then alerted to a Twitter conversation between Tom Dutton and Nathan Salt, which began, he's only been on the pitch a matter of minutes. Surely the case for every footballer in every match ever. Bit of a literal take. Nathan Salt waded in and says, he was also only on for 17 minutes. That goes beyond the threshold of minutes. Matter of minutes, surely. Agreed, said Tom. What's the threshold? I reckon anything beyond 12 is more than a matter of minutes. Nathan agreed with you, Dave, and says once it gets into double digits, I'm not having it. I think I think 12 is probably okay. I think 
A match of minutes could be 12. A dozen. Mm. What's your upper limit? Nine. I don't know. It's just, I think it's something quite symbolic about the, the addition of another another, okay. di- another digit. Let's use the specific context, Charlie, of a player getting sent out um, after mm. only being on the pitch for a matter of minutes. Would you employ the same strict threshold of instant impact for a goal-scoring substitute? I mean, where's, yeah, I where think, does instant I, impact I th- end? Yeah, I think I would, or something similar. He'd only been on a matter of minutes when he scored. If he scored... If that was... 10 minutes, I think that... Mm, 12 does that, feel long now. Mm. Mm. You know, if you came on in the 63rd minute and scored in the 73rd, he's only been on a matter of minutes. <laughs> That's wrong. Like, that just feels instinctively... <laughs> if he came on after, say, 59 minutes. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. <laughs> so are we saying, then, are we saying that uh, single digits, lower than 10 minutes, is a matter of minutes? Anything above 10 is a matter face of minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fine. Fine with that. Or, or, or an ironic, he's only been on the small matter of 20 minutes mm. f- for, for a truly long amount of time. Yeah, no, I wouldn't like that at all, actually. Right, next up, Duncan Jackson and Daniel Harris alerted me to this one. This is from BBC Local Radio after the Luton versus Blackburn game this weekend, where a pundit described Luton manager Nathan Jones as giving the team the hairdresser treatment after <laughs> 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 Which in, ter- in, ter- in the grand history of very very minor mistakes with the language of football charlie is a brilliant one because it conjures up all sorts of images that is amazing <laughs> especially you you're he- right <laughs> <laughs> which made him endure small talk for an hour showing him the it's- tactics board <laughs> at the end of half time how's that is that one right yeah cheers that's fine yeah no no yeah it's fine yeah <laughs> oh dear, the hairdresser i mean it's so especially good. it's like hair dry treatment is such a funny thing anyway and like a lot, of, I think, if, which conf- a lot of people are confused by, but it's one you have to sort of just nod along to. You know those old, um, I, 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 like when you get your hair cut when you're a kid and like you go in yeah. with your mum and it's like probably not even a men's barbers, but they'll just do you anyway. And you're there's right. all like the old ladies sitting there under the perm machines. <laughs> <laughs> that would work quite well in a dressing room. That is the hairdresser trick. They all come out with blue rinse. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> excellent. LJ writes in and says, while watching the Milan versus Napoli game, Charlie, the commentator remarked that a scuffle had lit the blue touch paper. Can we have a discussion on what this entails and would we ever use this out of football? Probably not mm. um, for the latter point, but what really, what things do light the blue touch paper? It doesn't just have to be controversial things, right? No, I guess that the positive of that might be at Goodison Park or something, a meaty tackle from Seamus Coleman in the Merseyside derby might like the blue touch paper. Oh, you think that's enough to like the blue touch paper? Wow. Oh, I, th- I, th- I think that's at the lowest. I think, but that's the sort of before you're getting into the realm of controversy. Because I think it, it normally is more controversy. I would say it needs to be a goal or a proper proper sort of set two. I don't think a single but, tackle but that, can like the blue touch paper. Could, but that could like the blue touch paper in the sense that he goes in with a really meaty tackle. Yeah. The Liverpool players... Oh, okay take exception to it mm. and everyone's sort of piling in and it's like well that is that the mm. moment that this derby you know he's lit the blue touch paper Steven now. Gerrard against United when he got he get sent, sent off sent off after a minute after a minute yeah oh, it was more of a forlorn situation nothing else sort of happened after that you need sort of yeah. players to wade in I think goals can like the blue touch paper is that fair yeah I think yeah they can though I do tend to think of them more as um, sort of indiscretions okay. and because uh, mm. it's partly to do with the I think of it as to do with the fans a little bit and the atmosphere yeah definitely um, rather than just the game set. so it needs to be something that winds both sets of fans up I think mm. so like the blue touch paper to turn 
a red hot atmosphere into a white hot atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. What about a ref? Some some sort of refereeing howler injustice. Yeah. Oh, but even then it would have to be a violent response yeah. to it rather than the incident itself. I don't yeah. think a referee alone can light the blue touch paper. <laughs> it's important. Very important. Can we ask Chris Foy? <laughs> Chris, mate. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, really like this one. It's time for For My Sins Corner. You know the format now, you two. You've got one shot at this. I want you to shout out For My Sins <laughs> the, at the very moment you think For My Sins will be uttered. If you go too early, you're out. If you go too late, well, then you've wasted your opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Here's from J.G. Byrne. While watching the pretty crappy 1976 Greek horror film The Devil's Men the other night, if either of you have watched this already, you may have uh, the advantage. No. Uh, he says, I noted Peter Cushing using this football cliche's favourite. Right, get ready. Are you here on holiday? Well, sort of a working holiday. My friends and I are interested in archaeology. For my sins? We've pitched a couple of tents. Duh! Near the temple, by the old castle. My castle. I am Baron Corifax. For my sins? You are on my land. Oh. <laughs> oh. But don't worry. If you're genuinely interested, this is one of the oldest pagan sites in the country. Are you a real baron? For my sins. <laughs> 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 wow, you're both a little bit rusty. Well, I'm, cl- wow. I'm, I'm claiming a moral victory there. At least I got it the right context. <laughs> yeah, but but that's very different. <laughs> very, very different. Because <laughs> he wasn't... It's, it, he's focusing on the title, that's the sins, but not just his name. Charlie, I, mean, I, sh- I sympathise with your call. Archaeology is so for my <laughs> sins. Although, obviously, it should have been for our sins, because she's talking about her and her mates. But even that's such a for my sins thing. I, You know, I study archaeology for my sins. Yeah. You, you can just imagine one of the Popmasters contestants talking about that they do archaeology in their spare yeah. time for their yeah. sins. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. Okay, dive into Buffalo uh, alerts me to last Thursday when Ali McCoist referred to a penalty save from Alan McGregor as nothing short of what Rangers deserved. He asks, can we use this phrase for anything other than a first goal scored by a team dominant in the first 20 mm. minutes of a match? Um, I have so I'm on board with this having read the query, Charlie. A penalty save can't be anything short of a team deserves, right? No, a penalty save could be, well, justice has been served. Yeah, sure. I th- but, that, but that's a very different thing. Yeah, no, you're right. A, a, it's a very specific and it's no more than they deserve. And and can it only be 1-0 leads? I think typically, I mean, that's definitely, and, and not just 1-0 leads, but 1-0 leads, a team taking a surprise lead and it's no more than they deserve. Mm. You know, so it's like... A, yeah, you wouldn't say it for like Man City at home exactly. to Bournemouth, would you? Exactly. <laughs> that would be so odd. Yeah, it, 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 yeah that, would be, that would be mad. But it's the fact that Palace <laughs> have gone to the Etihad not yeah. only are they winning they actually they deserve they good value for well. it as well exactly yeah. yeah and it's no more than they deserve yeah I th- mm, could you do it on like a 2-0 maybe you could in that same sort of I think in that sort of circumstance actually if Palace have then doubled their lead if the first yeah, go- if the could. first goal was like maybe really early or they, or it was there was an element of luck to the first goal a good example I, I don't know whether this would have happened but Watford beat Liverpool 3-0 in mm our first Premier League season when we came up a few years ago. To Jürgen, end there on Jürgen Klopp's wrong. first season. Oh, that one. No, that Sorry, one. Yeah, yeah. So 20, 20, 2015 <laughs> or whatever it was. And the first goal was scored really early by a goalkeeping mistake. Adam Bogdan dropped the ball. Nathan Ecke scored from a yard. And mm. then we scored, about 10 minutes later, a good goal. Igalo bullied. Oh, right, OK. Skirtle out and scored. I think in that context, you could say 2-0 up and it's no more than they deserve. Hmm. Yeah, I think we're being a little bit too strict. I think one goal leads, it's just kind of arbitrary, isn't it? It could be anything. 
Um, yeah, you can you can do it for two. Yeah, maybe not three though. That would be no. weird. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, next up, this is from FA Cup second qualifying round tie between Walton Hersham and Chatham Town, which was live on BBC iPlayer. He's always been so willing to attack, but you need to provide the quality. And again, Jermaine, striker to striker, that ball into the business end of the box is the head of the simple part when the delivery's that good. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great exact. Now, Dave, in all these circumstances, I'd like to kind of um, kind of caveat my criticism with saying, well, at least we know what they mean. You know, at least instinctively we know what they mean, if it's technically incorrect. But I don't think I even know. I can't even picture what the business end of the penalty box would be. I don't know what it would be. Where Where is it? Because the end is not the business part of the box, is it? The sort of the middle of the middle of the box is the business So. Business the end. So the business end. Sort so it's not of. an end, then, is it? No, exactly. I, I, yeah. I think he means really close range, doesn't he? Like almost six yard box. You know that. You know when they talk about like, and that's where strikers score their goals. It's at that near post in front of the defenders. I don't know. I wonder if that's almost end. what he's talking about. Yeah, the sharp end. Corridor of uncertainty. I but I just love the response of exactly given. <laughs> That we're now, <laughs> that it's so far from being clear. Well, exactly that. Yeah, so. I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, some, sometimes these, these pieces can just fall into place, but in this case, it just didn't. I think you could have the business end of the pitch, because that is the final third. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Oh, yeah, you can definitely have business end of the pitch, for sure. Mm, I still think that sounds odd. Like, it's business end of the season, isn't it? That's where... He's, Harry Kane, he's dropping two... You want, it, but you want him at the business end of business things. Business end. Yeah, maybe. Finally, indie pop singer-songwriter St. Raymond writes in and says, oh, to be honest, I'm just happy that San Marino Seychelles is back on. <laughs> what a saga this has been. San Marino versus Seychelles was on and we talked about it at length. Then it got cancelled due to some logistical nightmares on, on someone's side. But it's back on. It's back on. On the 21st of September in San Marino. Do we know where it's being played? In San Marino. Okay. At their home stadium, 8.45pm, local time. We don't know why it was was temporarily postponed. Something to do with travel issues, I think. Right. um, On the Seychellesois part. (laughs) Um, Tickets still available and will be available up till 7pm from the San Marino Stadium ticket office. You should have pitched this, shouldn't you? Mm. You could have gone, done a piece on it. Yeah, still time. It does feel like the, the sequel to the, the Foosball World Cup, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You can imagine these one of these two countries being in that actually and mm. having a sort of surprise clout in the competition. Can you imagine the blue touch paper being lit at San Marino versus Seychelles? I can because both of the, both of these teams must be so success starved. <laughs> imagine if San Marino went two up after ten minutes and it was no more than they deserved. <laughs> ev- everyone, everyone's going crazy. Strikers like, giving the keeper the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> We're winning a game. We never win games. Putting Seychelles even more to the sword. Exactly. And how? (laughs) (laughs) Look how it all ties together brilliantly. Brilliant stuff. We should do this more often, actually. Wrap up As he hastily scrolls back up the running order to find more. Um, But yeah, but glad to see it's back on. So we'll be uh, paying a huge amount of attention to that on Wednesday night. Finally, let's do Keys and Grey Corner. Sunday. 
not much to report from this weekend. All very civilised over on Bein. Not much, to, not much to really dig into there. So I'm afraid we'll have to go back in time to a more boring topic. And this was Keys and Gray reacting to Todd Bowley coming over here and telling us how to raise our curtain for our new seasons. We are absolutely demolishing the beautiful game of football in order to get all these crazy tactics. Technology started that. I know. I know what you're trying to say. I understand the thing. How long before we don't have draws in the Premier League? We've got to have a shootout there, buddy. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the top of the box. They don't do drawing. <laughs> do oh, God, for goodness when I, sake. When I clipped this up, Charlie, I thought that Keezy's American accent would be the headline here, but I don't think it is. I think it's Andy Gray just doing the old, guys, they don't do draws. <laughs> the Americans, this is it. They don't there's, do draws. There's also Hullet referring to what they used to do in what was it the 70s or, may, or actually no maybe more recently i think it did go on until the late 90s early noughties but the, when they dribble mm. from the halfway line yeah that thing but again not exactly a contemporary <laughs> reference <laughs> but like obviously compared to gray it, it, it feels very e- even de Jong's normally the voice of sanity in these yeah. discussions and even he's going they're destroying the beautiful game with I these know. crazy tactics i know what's saving me he must be losing the will. I mean, surely it's just if you can't beat him, join him. Like he, he's his, you know, he's just getting battered week in, week out by them. Oh, he's getting a little toehold in this now. I'm starting to sense something. He was really good this weekend, for example, which is probably why we haven't got any clips in this weekend because he really sort of managed to fight his corner really well, not aggressively. Just make, yeah, I think he's got more of an even footing now. For, for Hope so. In between Keys and Gray. Um, um, the other flip side of, um, of this ongoing debate about the All Star Game and Todd Bowley's meddling. Um, um, I didn't I didn't clip it up but Key's offering an opinion I've heard so many times over the last two weeks and every time someone says it they think they're the first to say it which is you know, there's only one reason why the Americans are coming here and investing in the Premier League they want to make a return on their money, money. <laughs> they're not just here yeah. for a holiday they're not, they're not here because they want a cup of tea they're here to make money um, such, a, such a you think that person has never heard that logic yes. before argument yeah yeah which is one of the most irritating things <laughs> such a uh, keasy I, thing but also keasy um his his anti arteta crusade took a really interesting twist this week with him with him claiming now it's not just that he doesn't like him and that he's irritated by him it's because it's actually there's a health and safety risk <laughs> to to Mikel arteta being outside his could happen it could. I mean, listeners will know he's been beating this drum for a good while now, and it does it does really irritate him. And again, he used a screenshot. Previously, he's used a screenshot of that massive be-in screen that they have. Yeah. Very grainy. Yeah. This one's slightly different, but similarly low res. But it was amazing. He says, <laughs> another subject that we've previously mentioned, this in his blog, when is someone going to tell Arteta he's endangering the well-being of players by marching up and down the touchline? The technical area is placed away from the pitch for a good reason. Someone is going to get badly hurt if they crash into it. <laughs> I mean, that, that means all, a very ominous football phrase we hear a lot. Someone's going to get badly hurt. We had it for the late flags, and now we've yes. got it for the encroaching Mikel Arteta. But, you know, fast forward to Saturday, the 1st of October, Dave, the North London derby at the Emirates. You can imagine Emerson Royale being upended inadvertently <laughs> by Mikel Arteta and Keezy rubbing his hands with glee. Now that really would like the blue touch paper. That would. I think, oh my God, that it? would. Yeah. That, that genuinely would, would yeah. That would. Yeah, what a brawl that would be in the technical area. Arteta actually, he was involved in a lighting of a blue touch paper. Say so last season at Anfield, uh, Liverpool-Arsenal, him and Klopp 
got in a little fight on the touchline. Mm. Up till then, it had actually been quite subdued. And then suddenly, the blue touch paper was lit and Anfield was really up for it. And it was actually cited as, has he, has he cost his team there? Because suddenly, you know, the crowd are into this. Yeah. Blue touch paper's been lit. That's true. So, true. Previous. Uh, yeah. Don't light the blue touch paper willy-nilly. No. Anyway, um, I'm off to grab my San Marino Seychelles half-and-half scarf. Um, <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks a lot, Dave, for the adjudication panelling from you today. Thank you. Thanks to you, Charlie Eccleshare. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you later. For my sins. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.